This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and these are my interviews with the SFX makeup designers, Jorn Seffert and Tamar Aviv, followed by my interview with the creature effects designer and sculptor, Goran Lundstrom, followed by my interview with the makeup designer, Heike Merker, all for the last voyage of the Demeter. On charter from Romania to London. Shipping private crates. Contents unknown. Out at sea with no land in sight. This here is Clemens. He's a doctor. You dress like a learned man. University of Cambridge. I know my way around the boat. Our charter has agreed to pay bonus for timely arrival in London. Let me show you the ship. This here is Huckleberry. We don't come with like this to give the yours clear. Demeter is a fine boat, no doubt. All right, I'm being joined right now by. Lauren Seffert and Tamar Aviv here on the Next Best Picture podcast here to talk to me about The Last Voyage of the Demeter. That both of you worked on, I believe, the makeup and effects design uh, for this movie. Uh, but uh, I want to hear more particularly because I know there are so many different departments that have to work on a film such as this, and each one has very specialized jobs. So can we first start off by uh, each of you introducing your job on this particular project and what exactly that entails? Well, all right. Um, hello, Matt, first hello. of all. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, um, Tamara and me, we run our company since quite a long time, and mm-hmm. uh, we always share projects sometimes uh, someone uh, goes a bit in the lead and does a bit more design wise but then the other one takes over and does more sets wise working there so all the projects are shared uh, between us in the uh, company so on uh, the last voyage of the demeter um i think I went a little into um, the lead with designing um, more or less the whole um, makeup effects for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and lovely Tamar joined in to um, design some particular makeups uh, on this thing. But of course, running then the workshop behind it and um, um, leading the crew, uh, supervising all the manufacturings that are going on in our shop um, was also shared between us. So it's uh, we 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 can't say we just only did this and that. We mm-hmm. we're like um, Mama and Papa Goose watching all all over everything. <laughs> Basically wearing lots of hats. I totally understand. I get it. Yes. <laughs> now, your work on this 
has to deal with both uh, human and uh, non-human uh, makeup effects. And so, first of all, I'm just very curious to know, how many of the actors grew out their own beards for this particular project? And how many of them required any other uh, practical like makeup uh, work to be done on them? I th well, I think this is... Um... Um, let let's say this way: the uh, the the makeup makeup effects and creature effects mm -hmm. is like three different departments. Okay. So we took care, and we were able and lucky enough to make the whole range of our field happening in our department. Like we could do prosthetic makeups, we did um, dummies, we built animals, we had everything on our plate for this one. All the creature stuff was handled by our, uh, by our lovely colleague, uh, Juran Lundström from mm -hmm. Sweden. And all the makeup stuff, so uh, beards and wigs and character looks, tattoos, was handled by our uh, dear colleague, Heike Merke, who ran the makeup department. Got it. So honestly, I have no idea who, who got a false beard or a real beard. <laughs> <laughs> but I think... Uh, in general, you try to let them grow their beards uh, naturally as yeah. as many as possible, of course. No, no, totally. I hear you on that for sure. So if, if that's the case, then, uh, you know, you mentioned a couple of different uh, items here in regards to tattoos, uh, the creature effects. Um, I understand with a project such as this that CGI also can play a role in enhancing uh, some work that is done uh, with practical makeup effects. Can you talk to me a little bit about what your collaboration is like working with those departments? Do they come to you and consult before they apply their work to what you guys shot in camera? <laughs> well, <laughs> in the um, in the best in the best world and best way, yes, mm -hmm. we sit together uh, beforehand and discuss a few things. Um, of course, also when we when we start um, designing and planning on things and hear the vision of our director, and uh, finally know what he wants, then we can say, okay, we can go down this road with you until here, and from there we need help from our friends from VFX. Yeah. In this case, um, we had a fantastic uh, VFX department, and we were working together since uh, day one, actually quite close, because there were a few things where I was a bit afraid well we we can do this and that but we cannot set fire on our actor of course we can right. use a stuntman but only to a certain degree um and and there um the 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 guys from bfx came into the game and uh we worked together they need this we can do that and it came all together uh very nice yeah, you've got. Uh, um, I, I I always call these types of characters like the harbinger. Uh, it's the character who warns the other characters of the impending doom that is to come. He's got some really intense facial uh, scarring over his eye. Um, I was wondering if you can talk to me a little bit about the work that went into uh, that. Yes. Well, um, this all this makeup was also designed um, in the end um, by Heike and yeah. her team. And we provided some prosthetics for it, uh, but the application was also done by the uh, wonderfully talented makeup department. So yeah. I, I can't say too much about this uh, particular person, but we had some uh, early designs made up from um, um, 
like like a like a classical bearded sailor with loads of wild hair and mm -hmm. a huge um scar on his face and uh andre loved the first concepts um but then it turned out the, the actor was someone completely different and it just developed um in the preparation that they changed the uh the actor they changed the look the look and so it it became all a bit um smaller yeah and, and and more subtle but um we had another gentleman the the, the captain captain Elliot, who had a a great big makeup uh which was uh was something tamar was uh, very much into yeah i was gonna say i mean that must have taken a lot of work i don't want to get too much into necessarily spoiler territory here but <laughs> su suffice to say liam cunningham uh definitely had quite a bit of work done uh, for some of those shooting days. How long would you say he was in the makeup chair for getting that applied? Well, it depended. Um, Liam, first of all, it was a very pleasant journey to work with him. He's a, he's a wonderful man. And mm. uh, we spent, I think the first tests were quite intense, but we could cut it to three, three hours. It was involving the whole face, half of his head. And then the hands. Yeah. So um, there is a lot of um, yeah technical things that needed to be done, and um, it has it was an intense work. But um, I can say, at least from our side, and as far as I experienced Liam, we we had a good time. It was <laughs> yeah. a, it was a good three hours in the end because we could, yeah, we could. Um, enjoy the time together and he was bringing the makeup into you know when when he's looking into the mirror the first time you could see that he's feeling it mm -hmm. so the full transformation process really was within this time it, it it came out yeah and then and then he was that and um he was very very thoughtful and um um uh, very how you call that um he, he he worked with the makeup and took care of it and it was um i think yeah it was a a transformation that is working that you believe yeah. i really i haven't seen the movie yet but um i can't wait to see it and to to experience this character nice yeah i i was i was reminded of um one particular scene that he was in in Game of Thrones where he had burns all over his face. And I could just almost imagine him sitting in that chair saying, uh, it's not my first rodeo. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely didn't like it to stay a long time in the makeup chair. Yeah. But um, after we finished, well, Malta, he had sometimes a hard time. <laughs> but after we we did the first um, tests and he he saw some material that we shot on camera, he was absolutely convinced of it and uh, and took the challenge bravely and yeah. Speaking of taking challenges bravely, uh, who was the poor soul that had to sit in the makeup chair for the Dracula the the the, the creature? Uh, who 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 was that and how long did all of that take? <laughs> Well, this is again the uh, universe of uh, Yuran, who mm -hmm. made all the, the creature effects um, concerning uh, Dracula and uh, his various appearances, let's call it like that, because <laughs> he has a few different faces in that, right. in that movie. 
No, I imagine that there had to be probably different designs for different scenes. So like, yeah, because all, all of that, depending on what the scene is calling for, is going to require a different uh, type of um, uh, prosthetic and a different uh, sculpt. Uh, so yeah, I can imagine there had to be a lot of designs, uh, to go, that, that would have to go into that. That's right. Um, I don't know how many different, um, versions they had of Dracula. Um, but the, it wasn't only one, if I remember correctly, yeah. because, um, yeah, he, he is on the journey. Um, he is kind of developing also so he's he's not in a um um ev evolutionary development or something but he's just um he's weak in the beginning and he's getting stronger and stronger so this this was i think transformed also into different makeup steps and appearances yeah i don't want to don't want to go too far um <laughs> with uh, the informations and of course with uh, information that has uh Yuran to give to you sure um, but uh, yeah, there are a few different faces of Dracula. Totally, yeah. I love crunching numbers. If, if, do you have any numbers that you can like rattle off to me in terms of man hours, the amount of uh, uh, the amount of utilities, Prosthet uh, prosthetics? Yeah. Well, like, what, like, do you have any numbers you could throw at me in terms of like what this project uh, ultimately accumulated to? <laughs> I think at one point we were just too tired to count. <laughs> <laughs> That's understandable. It was, <laughs> it was um, well, we had, um, the, the, it, it was not a, a project where we had to produce hundreds of um, different prosthetics. It was a project where we had um, various particular makeup effects, prosthetic effects, dummy effects uh, to create yeah. that did not require such a huge amount um, of copies, um, but they were all so individual in their own, um, um, on their own, that, that this was the difficulty. So yeah. we made, of course, loads of molds and loads of silicon prosthetic runs and um, in different versions for the main actors, like Stadium 1, then Stadium 2. Then we had the same going on for a stunt double and uh, for another stunt double. And so, of course, it was it was a lot of prosthetics we did, um, but we didn't went too crazy uh, with the numbers. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't No, throw. no, no, it's okay. <laughs> it's totally fine. This is a project that's taken a very, very long time to develop. Um, when did you guys come on board the process of making this. And when you step back, I know you said you haven't seen the final film yet, but just how do you feel overall about the work that you did over such a laborious uh, project? Well, regarding um, all the pictures and um, the trailer uh, we saw so far, um, we're very, very excited to see the final results, of course, because um, what we saw so far is very promising. Yeah. Yeah, it does look very promising. It's like, yeah, it, it looks really good. Mm -hmm. We came on board um, in 21. By the beginning of the year, I think it was in March, February, March, something like that. And um, there we had in touch for the first time. And, and this was already a little tight. Yeah. Um, 
then we started uh, the first steps, like reading the script and making um, first notes and seeing, okay, where where is this journey going for our director, Andre? What what is his vision of it? What do you want to see in that scene, in this scene? And um, design process started, and this took uh, quite a while. And of course, we built a crew parallel. As we knew already, we have to do this and we have to make a dummy here and we get everything ready and set until we got the final approve for um, the, the designs for prosthetics and dummies. Um, and then we started, I don't know when we absolutely started with the first uh, sculpting uh, part or anything it was a very fluent process while we were starting on one end we were still designing on the other end and it just came together until we started shooting in berlin late may beginning of june something yeah. and then we traveled to um malta and finished uh, shooting there for uh, another couple of weeks um and still on malta we were uh, working on on a few things that uh, due to later decisions or we just could not finish in uh, in our studio in Berlin. Uh, we just took everything over and had uh, little porta cabins over there to paint and to put hair into uh, dummies or yeah, things like that. So we, totally. we still were finishing work over there on the island. <laughs> but speaking of... <laughs> But speaking of numbers, I think it's like six makeups, something like this, major makeups we, we've been working on and at least also like six dummies. Huh? And were the animals more? Oh, yeah, the animals. <laughs> yeah. That's true. There, there was no animals were harmed in the making of this film. So. Definitely not. Only yeah. silicon was harmed. <laughs> uh, I'm running out of time here, so I have one final question oh. to ask. It's a simple one. Maybe you can say, maybe you can't. Can you let us know what you have coming up next? Uh, next, we're currently working on um, a hospital series here in Berlin um, uh, for a, a German streamer. And then we have a vampire show coming up, a German series as well. <laughs> nice. Those Germans are getting quite some uh, fun TV over there. Hope, hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully we get a chance to see it over here too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope so too. It would be great, yeah, if we would if we would get more fun TV shows from Germany. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you both so very very much for discussing your work on this film. I cannot wait for audiences to see it, and I hope you both have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you very much, Matt. Nice meeting you. Nice you too. Meeting you. Bye, bye bye. Bye bye. Something ripped apart the animals. All the livestock? This looks like a bite. Search the ship. Everywhere. Evil is on board. Powerful evil. Alright everyone, I'm being joined right now by Gorn Ludstrom over here on the Next Best Picture podcast talking about the last voyage of the Demeter. Goran, I understand that you worked on the Creature FX design work and were the sculptor on this film, is that correct? Yeah, I was hired as a Creature designer and uh, since I'm normally a sculptor as well, so I sculpted quite a bit on it. Gotcha. So can you tell our listeners, first of all, what exactly does that mean? What does that process look like for those who do not have a familiarity about what your work entails? 
Well, uh, what I do is called special makeup effects. That's the original term, but it's become creature effects, prosthetics. It can be all sorts of things within a certain part of the industry. Um, creature effects in this instance is basically we, we dress up a person, an actor, to look like a creature. And we do that by sculpting a new face, a new being, and, uh, and try to make it as organic looking as possible and real. So in this particular case, there are a couple of wide shots in particular of Dracula where we can see the head, we can see the winged arms, these skinny, uh, no leg day uh, legs. <laughs> so I imagine that that has to be a combination of CGI plus your work coming together to create those shots that a normal person probably couldn't pull off. Am I right? Yeah, when, when there's wings... Uh, in those shots, it's CGI, definitely. Uh, there are mm -hmm. some shots of him when he's more human than bat, mm -hmm. where he's where it's it's only uh, it's just clearly a creature suit. You know, like it's it's like a big makeup that we cover his whole body with a suit, and then we we stick prosthetics on his face. Yeah, obviously good for capturing those close-ups. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so your work has to come under a lot of scrutiny and detail to hold up underneath those tight shots. So what kind of man hours are you putting in to ensure that it looks as realistic as possible? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, <laughs> there's a lot of man hours. I think we were like 20, about like 25 people working on this for like three months prep. Wow. So to do these, and it's only four, it's four different stages of him as the creature. So, uh, so there's a lot of work going into it. But also when it comes to creatures compared to like a character makeup, which I'm, I'm more known for doing realistic character makeups, uh, those come uh, under a different kind of scrutiny because everyone knows what a person looks like. Yes. No one really knows what a monster looks like. So I think it's more about getting a, a, an immediate impression, uh, getting people to respond immediately to a creature. When it comes to a realistic makeup, you kind of have to not sense the makeup that much. You have to kind of just believe it and buy it. So it's two different things you're going for. So when it comes to creatures, I'm not that, I'm not that worried about people looking at all the details because it's not really uh, what it's for. It's more for like the big impact. The scary, sure. scary shot. Uh, absolutely. I totally can understand that part of it. The other thing I want to know is, did you guys know from the get-go what the final design was going to be and that's what you ran with? Or did you have to make multiple designs uh, for uh, Andre to uh, – I'm sorry um, – for um, um Andre Andre thank you. it is Andre I was right the first time yeah. Yeah, <laughs> to choose right. to choose from uh, well uh, yes well uh, we didn't have an idea actually uh, Andre had uh, I mean before Andre there was other people involved in this project it's been around mm -hmm. for a while yes. so there were some and I think even Andre worked with someone else before I came aboard so there was already something that he liked uh, like a but it was a very rough sketchy we call them maquettes, a small sculpture. So it had some sort of an, 
something he liked. And we tried to base it on that and we realized it, it didn't work. I even spoke to the sculptor about it, who'd sculpted that one. And he even said, that's too rough to base it on. But it gave us an idea of what Andre liked. And then I started from scratch. And together with um, the Brad, who's the producer, uh, we kind of worked our way towards what we ended up with. But it was also not from the beginning. I wasn't sure that there were going to be completely different designs. The bat creature wasn't a bat creature. It was, it was constantly, a, 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 I don't know why we... we we're referring to him as Nosferatu, but that was like the, the maybe because Nosferatu is more like a monster than Dracula. So mm -hmm. they just wanted to make sure that this was more a monster. So we started looking at, you know, what can we do in the Nosferatu uh, look? And then we had different stages, but it wasn't until a little bit later we started separating the Nosferatu look from the, and the bat creature look. So it became two separate looks. It wasn't from the beginning like that. And even I think the wings, they were in the script, but it was also something that we started talking about a little bit later in the process. But when I'm talking about late in the process, we're talking about maybe the first four weeks, maybe three weeks. But it feels like it's a really long period when you have people waiting around. We don't really know what we're building or what yeah. we're designing. So you're kind of looking for something because we, we, you know, we got hired to do this really late. And I was, all, I was on another movie while they were talking to me, House of Gucci. I was doing that. So I couldn't get away from that one. So I kind of lost time before I could actually start this one. Mm -hmm. So it felt like I was you know, constantly running behind throughout yeah. the whole film. Well, that makes it all the more uh, remarkable then in that case, especially for a film such as this, where the creature is the main attraction. It's the reason why butts are being put on the seats. You know, people yeah, exactly. want to see this monster tear people apart on this ship. Um, have you had a chance to see the final uh, film yet? Yes, yes, I saw it a few days ago. Yeah. So how do you feel about it, seeing it on screen now in action with the lighting and the way it was uh, colored and so on and so forth? I think it's really cool. I mean, we read when we read the script, we felt like this is, I don't know if, I, if I'm allowed to say it, but it's like Alien, the original Alien, but on a ship. With, mm. you know, it's a monster you know, killing one person at a time. And I thought that worked really well. And then you're, you're always, you know, you you were I worked so much on this with together with my crew that you always want to see more of what you built. You always want more screen time, um, and and that's always something like mm, it's going to take. A, it always takes a while until you go like okay, this this was fine. This was fine because we we were just, you know in this for like five months probably with the shoot, and yeah. and then we see the film going. Oh, was that it? You know, it doesn't feel like it's that much because we were there so much and shot nights for weeks and weeks and weeks so that's my that's my you know um, what i took away from it but as just looking at it as a, as a horror film is really good i really like it so i know that obviously there are challenges that present themselves in the prepping stage but then when you actually get to shooting sometimes that work can't hold up under weather conditions heat whatever the case might be what unexpected uh curveballs did this project throw at you when your work was uh put on set I don't think we had much besides the fact we were shooting nights, which is it's quite tough. We were in Malta, and but a night in Malta in the summer is like you know a, a regular hot weather in the summer in LA. It was really warm at night, so we were lucky in the sense that we didn't have to fight you know sweat that much. But there were some days or nights, were some nights when they were pouring like rain machines on him. Uh, so he got soaked, you know, and then the the suit is made out of foam latex. So it's like a big sponge. So mm -hmm. it does suck up all the moisture. But again, it's it's not that kind of film where you would actually notice because he's in little flashes everywhere. So you don't really get to study him in detail. 
And we also knew they were going to go in afterwards and do stuff in CGI, and then they have the chance to, you know, correct things and, and stuff like that. So it, it wasn't that that nothing really bad happened as far as I can remember. No. Well, that's good. That means you made a sturdy product then. <laughs> well, um, hopefully. Who was who was in the suit primarily? Uh, Javier Bote, the Spanish gotcha. actor. He's been in a lot of creatures. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think uh, I don't know his whole fi- film history. I don't have it memorized but he's been a creature in a lot of films now did you only have one suit on hand ready to go or were there multiple in case if something happened to him or somebody had to step in for a stunt or something i think we had three suits for him of each stage so we had three yeah yeah i think three suits yeah this is two years ago so i don't remember specifics but uh, we had four stages three suits of each stage and then for every day we, we applied it the makeup the part that goes from the collarbones up was glued to his face. We had to throw that out. So we had mm. new pieces every day for that. And then we had a stunt suit that we didn't make, but we took care of uh, together with our colleagues from, we had a makeup effects department as well, run by uh, TC effects from Berlin. So uh, we, we kind of shared, I think they took the bulk of that suit eventually. You know, they, they came to us so we could match, match the colors Mm-hmm. Uh, because it was made in LA, this stunt suit. Uh, and then I think uh, TCFX took care of it. So, um, yeah. I love talking about stuff like this because as, as great as CGI is, there's something about just the raw materials and capturing something in camera that was made by actual human hands that you just can't beat. And so hearing you describe that work is a real joy for me. You said you worked on House of Gucci, went immediately into this. Are you allowed to tell us what you have coming up next? Uh, no, I can't talk about what I'm doing next, but uh, <laughs> not, uh, not really. Uh, you know, I was Oscar nominated for House of Gucci last year. And what happens a lot of times when you get Oscar nominated is that there's a vacuum of work afterwards. There's nothing because people think that you're so busy. So last, yeah, <laughs> the big chunk of last year was quite empty, actually. I've actually never heard that before. And I've interviewed so many Oscar nominees before. They've never said that the phone doesn't ring because of a preconceived notion i've heard this a lot from other people who've been wow. nominated. they don't want to admit it but uh no no we're, we're, we're staying busy definitely but uh, but again like i do a lot of character makeup stuff not a lot of creature stuff i hope i get to do more creature stuff after this one but i i, te- I tend to get to jobs where it needs to be super realistic and you know you're not supposed to feel the makeup so so i i um I, i'd like the, the the variety of doing different things if i can Guillermo del Toro, call this man. <laughs> yes, Corin, yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for your time today. I really Thank appreciate you. it. Nice talking to you. You too. Bye. In the night, it drinks our blood. He is here. We call him Dracula. See the size of that bloody thing. I'm gonna kill the cursed thing. He is on this ship, which means we will never leave it. The devil is real. May God have mercy on us all. Alright, I'm being joined right now by Heika. Heika, you worked on the uh, makeup effects work on The Last Voyage of the Demeter, and I want to first of all just say uh, welcome to the show. I'm excited to dive into your work here regarding this really, really fun, exciting creature film. Yeah, I just have to correct something. Oh, sure. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was a hair and makeup designer. Got it. Guran, he was the creature designer. Mm-hmm. And then we have Yearn, who was the SFX makeup designer. Okay. So yeah. you're working on specifically then people's makeup work mostly, right? Yeah, yeah. The character, hair and makeup... And uh, whatever is not capsulated, I mean, this is an our world. Mm-hmm. Um, so this belongs to me. Yeah. Got it. Everybody's got different departments and it's like tough to keep track of who does what exactly. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a collaborative process. So tell me a little bit about when you first came on board onto the project, because I know that this project took a long time to develop. It went through several stages. So did you get brought in early, late, during production? When would you say your work on this began? I mean, what I know is that I think the the, the project was developed for over seven years. Mm-hmm. And so I have not been part of this at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So of course not. Um, I came in pretty much um, when uh, the director was already set, Andre. And uh, yeah, so when this was all happening and then, you know, they were looking for crew. And so this were the part when I came in. So let's say, I don't know, maybe five months before we started shooting. Okay. Yeah. And what do those preliminary conversations look like in terms, because by that point too, like you said, nothing's been shot yet. So how do you start to conceive of what your work is going to ultimately look like? Yeah, I mean, first of all, like reading the script, going through the script, like watching other Dracula movies, you know, getting an idea, going into research and setting the time, what's particular for the time, for the character, for a sailor. Um, And then what I really liked was the tattoo world. So because Mm -hmm. they are sailors, so they're most of them, of course, had tattoos. And um, so going into the history of tattoos, especially for, you know, we had Nikolai, he was supposed to be Russian. So Mm -hmm. um, there's a full history of Russian sailor tattoos. You know, what is the meaning for like um, all of this? So this was a pretty interesting uh, process and I learned a lot about you know history and tattoos and um, and I did that for each character because they all came from a different country mm-hmm. and so they all had a different history towards tattoos and yeah. also techniques and then in terms of like their hair and um, the makeup and stuff you know when you when you break down the script so of course, I mean, the time, what we were always saying is um, we should smell the dirt. Okay. We were watching. So it was very clear that none of them should be clean. You know, they mm. should all sweaty. They should all be like greasy, have greasy hair. And um, even if they maybe cut themselves, you know, or give themselves a haircut or they are roughly shave or something so it, it always needs to be a bit unsha- unkept so and then depends on the you know the group gave us so many varieties of like the cook came from the philippines like um olgaren he came from serbia um so nikolai i just i mentioned him before he was russian 
So then we had Corey. Um, so this were like a good group of people. So you could, you know, find a, a nice tone for everyone. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so. Would you say the scene where the ship is at port and you've got all these background extras uh, populating the scene, would you say that was probably the busiest day of production for you? I think definitely in terms of um, background, yes, and also cast-wise, absolutely. But, you know, most of the time, the the busiest and the stressful time is when you, before you start shooting. Because this is when you prep and then you run out of time and suddenly you want yeah. to do like a camera test, you know, and then you're not, the wig is not ready yet and or mm-hmm. not final or, you know, you still want to tweak or something. So this is basically, I mean, for me, a time um, because you are under such a time pressure. Yeah. yeah. But when you know you have like one or 200 extras, you, you, you need to book, you know, additional people in. So this makes it then easier for the day. Of course, it's still a busy day. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in, in, in terms of pressure and, you know, getting things right, most of the time, yeah, it's it's a bit like three till the first camera test happen. And then, you know, okay, the studio likes it, you know, like the actor, yeah. okay, so it looks good on camera. So all of this, yeah. Is there ever a conversation between you and a director about maybe not going so all in on the work for the background extras because they might be out of focus or they're just not going to be in this shot? Or do you take an approach of, I'm going to dress up everyone, whether they're just have them ready for camera just in case? Yeah. I mean, you know, of course they are conversations. How Mm. can we speed up? How can we, you know, shorten the morning so that people are ready like earlier than we actually want them to be ready. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, maybe we don't need to do all of them. Maybe, you know, those ones, they are very far in the background. You don't have to do anything. But then, you know what happened? Then suddenly the camera is there. Yeah. You know, and then those people are not far in the background anymore because the camera angle just changed. So, I mean, I'm 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 long enough in a business to like say all this. Yes, I probably book some more additionals in to make it all work mm-hmm. so that all the extras go through hair and makeup, especially for a period movie like this. Of course. Um, yeah. Makes perfect sense to me. Absolutely. So once they get on the ship, then. What would you say was probably, because now we're getting into specific character work with name actors who are recognizable, what would you say was uh, the most creative challenge that was posed to you once the characters got onto the ship? Mm, I mean, the the creative challenge, I think, I don't know, really, like, (laughs) it's... For me, you know, like I'm bringing them to life or I'm giving them everything and, and, and they look the same when they're not on the ship like they are. But then, mm-hmm. of course, you have a story and then they are maybe more tired or they get a wound or, you know, blood is coming on top or, you know, the Liam, he got his burns and stuff. But this is also a collaboration with special effect makeup yeah. at that point. 
And um, so this is actually a nice because a nice thing to do because you go over your department. So it's like another department is coming on top and then more people working on, you know, the same character, which is great. Yeah. The challenge is, um, yeah, I think, I mean, you know, a challenge is always like being on time, getting everyone ready. Does it look the same every day? Yeah. Is the continuity right? Mm -hmm. It's like, so this is, this is a day situation. You know, someday it's like the sun is out because we were sh on the ship in the tank and then another day it's raining, but it was not supposed to rain. And then, yeah. you know, like, this is probably always challenging to kind of like, yeah. Not to mention, does the work then hold up under the water? Yeah. yeah. So you probably need to change the dirt so that, oh, I mean, like, you also did a lot of night shoots, you know, like still seeing the dirt even in the night and keeping them, you know, sweaty. And so that the light reflection has like the skin reflection is like still sweaty and stuff but these are also all of these are techniques you you do as a hair makeup artist you know so mm -hmm. it's like of course every movie is different every subject is different the time period is different but in terms of skills you have the skills and then you, you just use it for this and that but yeah. You know, we'll always put a tattoo on the same way. It doesn't matter if it's a, a period movie or a modern day movie. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's definitely a different tattoo and a different design. This is the challenge to find the right thing to to give the character the right the right support to be alive. Yeah. 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 So that the character is believable. I think this is the challenge. Sure. Totally. Um, I wanted to say uh, before I go that uh, I never got a chance to tell you congratulations on your Oscar nomination last year for <laughs> All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, we were rooting for you in that team. Um, I know people will probably want to know after I've just said that and when they get a look at your work here on uh, The Last Voyage of the Demeter, um, can you let us know what you have coming up next in the future? I'm just um, finished today um, a project called Mother Mary. Oh, uh, so we were lucky we could still finish via A24 and they gave us a waiver so we could finish the movie, which was really great. Yeah. This is a very, um, yeah. I mean, it's with Hannah Hathaway, Arthur Lead, and uh, Michaela Cole. It's a wonderful, yeah. Um, yeah, they are both extremely wonderful act, um, uh, uh, actors. And um, yeah, so. Great. Well, we look forward to seeing it. You do really, really great work in every project that you work on. And I can't wait for people to see what you've done here with Last Voyage of the Demeter. Thank you so much. Thank you, Heike. Have a nice day. You too. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my interviews with the makeup and creature design crew for The Last Voyage of the Demeter here on the Next Best Picture podcast. The Last Voyage of the Demeter is playing in theaters on August 11th from Universal Pictures. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. 
Thank you so much for listening as always, and we will see you all next time. grown-up me too yep me too but you know these days being a grown-up can really suck luckily we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation we had video arcades and also some of the best tv and movies ever made we lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics the list goes on and on yep generation x exactly and we're gen x grown-up every week the gen x grown-up podcast explores media tech toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Right.